Radio Mano Papachango. I'm back, sorta, sorta back. Um, those of you who do not subscribe to my Substack probably are wondering what the fuck happened to that guy Chris, who used to show up once a week or so with some obscure political ranting, some half-baked ideas, some awkward conversation involving bodily functions uh, or his van or whatever else is going on. You're probably wondering, where is that guy? Or maybe you're not wondering. Maybe it's one of those things that just disappears and you don't notice it until it's back. Hey, I'm back, kind of. Anyway, those of you who subscribe to Substack (coughs) know because I published a little blog thing a week or so ago explaining what's been going on. Here's the gist of it. I traveled around the world, 11 months, three continents, evading that COVID. COVID couldn't find me. COVID couldn't catch me. And I even got to the point where I thought, I probably had COVID. I mean, fuck, maybe I have had COVID. I don't... It's a mysterious fucking virus, I'll tell you. Um, we were in Georgia and I woke up one day feeling weird. Like my eyes were kind of crusty. You know, you wake up, it's like you got salt in your eyes. And I felt like I had allergies. Like I was sneezing and my nose was running. It was kind of weird. And anyway, we went for a hike. That was the day we hiked up to this church, uh, up in the Caucasus mountains and uh, there was no shade. It was pretty miserable for an Irish guy. It was just like pure sun. And we got a late start, of course. So it was like midday. And yeah, I was pretty miserable. Um, but we did it. You know, I didn't feel great, but I didn't feel horrible. And uh, then a few days later, Anya started feeling really bad. Bad enough that, <laughs> sorry, we gave her a COVID test. And she was positive. And we were sharing an Airbnb. We were in the same space, you know, together all the time. And I didn't, nothing happened to me. I took care of her five days. She started to feel better. Um, But she basically spent five days in bed and in the bathtub. And, um, you know, she felt pretty shitty, but it wasn't life-threatening. And so the fact that I didn't get it suggested that I had had it recently. So we looked back to the day of the hike four or five days earlier and we're like, ah, that's probably when I had it. And that's why I'm not getting it now because I still have the immunity. Uh, For the record, I got the, uh, what's it called? The the vaccine Um, way back when, I don't know when, I got the Johnson & Johnson one. And then I got a Moderna booster last October, so almost a year ago. Um, 
So anyway, that was the status figured. We knew she'd had it. We knew I didn't get it. So I probably had it beforehand, although I didn't take a test because I didn't feel bad. Um, and then we got to L.A. And uh, I woke up. I was doing an interview with um, Abby Martin for her podcast. I think it's called Dosed. And uh, we had scheduled this interview months ahead of time. And uh, I was doing it remotely. I was staying at a friend's place in Topanga. And so I did this interview. And they said it was going to be about <laughs> about a 90-minute interview. And about an hour into it, I felt just like somebody was turning down all the dials. Like my energy was going down. I couldn't think clearly. Um, just, just like, like somebody had pulled the plug on the drain and my bathtub was draining rapidly. So I sort of bluffed my way through the rest of that. And, and I just felt weird, like not like I'd ever felt before. It wasn't like I had a cold, didn't feel like a flu. It felt weird. And, uh, so a couple hours later I took a COVID test positive that's strange how could I have COVID now and is this like am I at the end of it or am I at the beginning of it I don't know what's going on anyway I won't bore you with all the details but what essentially happened was this was like uh, we were leaving LA the next day I think so we were packing up the van that day the fucking battery was dead. The AAA guy showed up, didn't bring a battery, so had to take it down to Oliver. Oliver put a new battery in it. You know, that kind of like last day before a big trip, stress was happening, running around, last minute stuff in L.A. Um, and then we left the next day and we stopped. We got out of L.A. Just, you know, when you're leaving L.A., you just want to sort of pick your... Um, you know, it's like, it's like those guys swimming out against the breakers on the beach. You want to like pick a time when you're going to get past the breakers, which in LA is traffic. Um, and so we, we picked our moment. We, we headed East and we just wanted to get out of LA, out of the traffic. And then, uh, we just pulled over into a rest area, you know, one of these things full of trucks and you know, all that. And uh, we're like, okay, we'll just sleep here and get up tomorrow and, and start the trip. But it was like 90 degrees in this thing all night long with these trucks farting and gassing and... It was a horrible night. I'm lying there in the van just sweating and sweating and sweating, feeling like really bad. Got up the next day. Anya drove. I just sat there feeling like a zombie. Anyway, felt like shit for a few days. We got out to Crestone, Colorado. We were visiting a friend. I isolated in the driveway, stayed in the van. They brought me food and, um, you know, made jokes at my expense, as you would expect. And uh, they let me they let me go on the porch for a while. And I could go in the house and take a shower, but I wasn't allowed to breathe. Um, and then, uh, yeah, four or five days of that, and I started feeling better. Okay, great. So we've got this workshop to do up in uh, Whitefish, Montana, 
And so we jump in the van. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still coughing a little bit. It's when I talk a lot, I cough. Um, and we drove up through Wyoming. We camped in Wyoming, beautiful places. Uh, went through Lander and then went up to um, the Wind River Range and we camped there for a few days. And then we got to Whitefish, to Cameron and Malene Shane's place, the Budokan compound, beautiful place. And about 24 people showed up for this retreat that we were doing. It was kind of a partly sex at dawn retreat, partly movement uh, retreat because Cameron and Malayan are movement experts and um, martial arts teachers, yoga teachers, and you know the whole sort of embodiment um, aspect of life they've got down so well. It's really amazing. Um, check out Cameron Shane on Instagram if you do that, and uh, you'll see some of the things he does. That just like I can't believe a human being can do that. It's amazing. Um, but anyway, uh, we get up there and beautiful people, 24, just such beautiful, kind, intelligent, compassionate, sweet, loving, wonderful fucking people showed up for this thing. One guy had driven from Michigan. Another guy had driven his van out uh, from Indiana. Someone else drove up from San Francisco. Uh, a woman... Meg took her first train from Portland up to Seattle and then across to Whitefish. Um, really just awesome people. And uh, so this was to be a three or four day retreat. And um, so we start out doing the retreat and, you know, I'm giving a presentation and then, and then, and then there's a movement thing and then there's dinner and then there's this and that. And uh, I just start feeling really like my energy's draining again. And there were these crazy temperature shifts going on. Like it was up to 90 degrees during the day and then down to freezing at night. And I could just feel like my internal thermoregulation had just shut down. And so like my body was reacting to stuff. Like when it was hot, I'm sweating. When it's cold, I'm shaking. There's no ballast, you know? And, uh, and the feelings were, as I said earlier, it, and I don't want to bore you with this. You've got your own COVID stories. You've got your own experience, I'm sure. Um, but I've, I've never felt anything like this. I've, I haven't felt this sick since I had hepatitis in Guatemala in 1989. Um, that's when I felt that this weak and sick and like, wow, my body is shut down. There's no energy. Uh, and that was only for a couple of days. This went on and on. And, and I was having specific dreams, these like bureaucracy. I, I would call them nightmares, but they weren't scary. They were just annoying. It was just like, it was like, you need Form 27F, and you can only get that from Office, you know, 15C. But the guy in Office 15C, well, he's he's at lunch now, and so you won't be able to get it from him. But if you go to Office 15, 
Jay, the guy there, might be able to get it for you, but you need to get the additional signature from the person who's down in the, you know, 12J, and then you need to ask them, oh, if they're not there, then you, it's just that kind of like, what the fuck, this is what my brain is doing? This is my subconscious just like spooling out this endless, boring, bureaucratic nonsense? hour after hour and then it would it wasn't even original it would just sort of circle back to the same thing i need the same form from the same guy in the same office i don't know if you've seen the the there's a film called brazil by terry gilliam it's this dystopian tragic comedy it's an amazing film robert de niro plays a terrorist plumber in it um you know who who like doesn't get the proper forms filled out and we'll just like swoop in and fix your toilet without the you know governmental approval it's really an interesting bizarre film um but it it presents bureaucracy as kind of the ultimate suffocating horror of humanity and civilization and that's what these dreams felt like yeah really weird it felt like i didn't feel like it was an infection an infection feels like, you know, like like there's a front in a war and and someone, they've broken through the defensive wall and there's this infection and you need to send more troops to fight them off, white blood cells, you know, to fight off the invading. This felt like an infiltration. This was like, you know, paratroopers came in at night and, and landed when no one noticed and now they're all over the place and they're like setting bombs in weird places that you don't expect and and all, like like I felt like my sensory systems were being recalibrated you know I never lost the sense of smell but I I felt like it was like almost psychedelic like colors look different and smells were different and even the feeling of my skin and being in my body and the way it felt to sit on a chair felt different everything Everything was, it was like, you know, a system update or something um, really deep. Um, and anyway, I just started feeling worse and worse and worse every day at this retreat. And by the end of it, I said goodbye to everybody and went to uh, my friend Kevin's place. He had a an apartment that was uh, vacant. And he's like, dude, you can just hang in this apartment, you know, and just chill. And, uh, I sat on the sofa in that apartment for three days and didn't move. And then we went to a doctor and the doctor ran a bunch of tests and he said, well, your kidneys aren't failing. You don't have pneumonia. You've got a lung infection and you got some weird liver readings. You should have this looked into uh, in a week or so. And he gave me some antibiotics called like a K-pack or something or J-pack or Z-pack. It wasn't even a pack. It was just a pill. I don't know why it's called a Z-Pack. It sounded like a wrapper or something, you know, like Tupac's brother invented an antibiotic. I don't know why it's called a Z-Pack. Maybe someone out there knows. So then uh, went to Oregon where, for complicated reasons, uh, my health care is based and... Uh, saw doctors there and uh first doctor was the kind of doctor you want where he's like 
he looked at the the test results from the first doctor back in Montana and he's like, "Ah, this is no big deal. Yeah, don't worry about it. I've seen much worse than this. Just chill, you know. Sleep a lot. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it." Like, "Okay, great. Love that doctor." Then uh but he said, "Yeah, you sh- you know, you should probably have some blood tests done." So then I had the blood test done and seeing another doctor who's also a really cool guy who's like half my age, which is weird, sitting there with a doctor who's like sprawled out on his chair like a skateboarder. I mean, he looks like he's 15 fucking years old. He's Asian, so, you know, who knows. But uh, he was like, uh, you know, a little more concerned, like, eh, we should look into this, we should look into that. And so he ordered, you know, 25 blood tests. And uh, so I went downstairs and got all his blood drawn and the god damn there's so many fucking blood tests so the thing is if you give somebody enough blood tests aren't you going to find something wrong aren't you going to find something that's out of the normal range I kind of feel like you know I'm a 60 year old guy I don't take any medications I don't have any chronic health issues Uh, until I got COVID I felt fine high energy you know jumping in fucking freezing cold rivers whatever i mean i'm not what you would call a you know a paragon of health or something but i'm surviving and i'm thriving and i'm happy and i'm feeling good so no problem right but give me 25 fucking blood tests and you're gonna find something that might need a little medication and i it's a weird thing right because i'm looking at this from outside and i'm seeing like this guy He's a good guy. What's he doing? He's just trying to make sure there's nothing that we're missing, that I don't have some kind of liver cancer or, you know, some kind something that's lurking. Uh, also, by the way, my father was diagnosed with terminal liver cancer when he was in his early 60s. So there's reason to sort of pay special attention to that. And I've been known to drink a beer or four uh, regularly and some wine. So, you know, there's definitely reason to look at that. Um, But I do feel like it's one of those, I could feel the tentacles of the American medical system sort of gently wrapping around my ankles and my wrists. And, you know, like, you know, there's this feeling of like, if I don't, if I don't slip this now, if I let this grab me tighter, it's going to pull me in and I won't ever get out. I read today that over half of young Americans under 34 years of age have a chronic health condition. Diabetes, severe obesity, what have you. Over half. What are we doing? So how many 60-year-old white dudes are walking around? And I don't know what white has to do with it, but... 60-year-old American guys walking around taking no medications. I mean, there can't be many of us. And I understand the the incentives. The incentive, aside from just make sure your patient isn't dying and there's not something that you can intervene with, it's also legal, right? Like, okay, I go in, I say, yeah, I had this weird test result and, you know, want to follow up on that and the other. If he doesn't run every fucking test, if he doesn't look for everything, 
then I could come back in five years and say, hey, you fucker, I had cancer and you didn't catch it. Now I'm suing your hospital. I imagine that's how it works, right? Malpractice. You should have known. You should have seen it. You should have looked for it. So the incentives are all fucked up in America for medi- in the medical system. I mean, I'm not the first to point that out, of course. But I, I'm experiencing it firsthand. So anyway, that's where I am. It's been, uh, this is the longest break I think I've ever taken from the podcast since I started it in 2011 or whenever that was, a good decade ago. Um, so my apologies to those of you who are paying subscribers on Substack. You have not received your money's work worth in the last month or so. And, uh, I take full responsibility for that and I will step up the pace my, until two or three days ago. My voice was like this wheezy old, hey, yeah, and you wouldn't have wanted to hear me anyway. Um, you know, and given the fact that Probably more women have said I have a sexy voice than have said I have a sexy anything else. I guess I'm a little vain about my voice. You know, it's like if if women said, oh, you have the greatest hair and then you start losing your hair. I can understand how you might freak out about that or, you know, you got great calves, man. <laughs> but do you ever lose your calves <laughs> or calves like keep your nice firm calves you know right to the bitter end uh speaking of body parts i was thinking the other day that's enough on covid so that's where i am i'm feeling better uh every day i feel like i, I get another five percent energy boost um but it is weird it's still weird it's like if it's hot i'm sweating if it's cold i'm shaking it's it's this weird thing we're right now we're in oregon this beautiful campground Lund Park, it's called, if you want to, if you're sitting at your desk looking for a reason to distract yourself, Google Lund Park, L-U-N-D Park Campground. That's where we are. We're the only people here. There are 10 sites. Nobody's here except the camp host uh, down at the other end. And uh, we're next to this beautiful stream, super clear water, and there's a just a great pool that's just calling out for a cold plunge. I might I might do it tomorrow. Last time I I did a cold plunge, I was shaking like a fucking aspen leaf. It was incredible. And that's like a weird thing for me. I normally have like my internal fire is pretty good. It's pretty strong. Um, and so even if it's cold, I can just be like, I'm warm inside. I'll get through it. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's something that's been affected by this. So I don't know. We'll try it tomorrow. We'll, we'll see how it goes, but it's absolutely beautiful here. It's eight bucks a night. I mean, come on, got a fire ring and a picnic table and porta potties. What else could you ask for? And a beautiful stream super quiet um all right so i know some of you tune in for the nonsense so here's something i've been thinking about recently what the fuck is up with the word bosom not a okay let's start with the way it sounds bosom that's a funny sounding word right bosom bosom 
Anyway, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was driving along, and I'm like, bosom. So bosom, if I'm understanding this correctly, and I didn't Google it or anything. This is all just off the top of my bosom. Uh, bosom is a singular, and it refers to a woman's breasts, right? Men don't have bosoms, right? And women don't have multiple bosoms. They just have a bosom. They don't have like a left bosom and a right bosom, right? So bosom is a collective singular noun referring to women's breast area. I guess like it's like with men you would say a chest, right? And with a woman you can say chest as well, so that works both ways, but bosom is only for women. So anyway, I was going down this bosom rat hole trying to figure out what's up with this word. And and then I, I thought about bosom buddies. So what's a bosom buddy? What does that mean? Because buddy, like babies aren't buddies. Because that, that was the first thing I thought. Like, oh, they breastfed from the same woman. That's how close they are. But, like, you wouldn't say two six-month-old babies were buddies, would you? And buddy, to me, suggests at least adolescent, if not at least young adult, and that you've known each other for quite a while, and you're, you're guys, right? Like, women aren't buddies. So what the fuck are bosom buddies? What does that mean? Does it mean, like, they've had sort of some kind of sexual situation with the same woman? I mean, is this this a three-way thing? I, I, that's my sick mind at work. I'm sure that's probably... I, wasn't there a TV show called Bosom Buddies? I never saw it, but I have some vague sense that it existed. Like, what was that about? Anyway, I welcome your uh, your thoughts on this. And a place to put your thoughts on this is in the comments section on Substack. ChrisRyan.substack.com Com. You can subscribe for absolutely nothing. Just put your email in there. And when I post some scintillating, fascinating, incredibly informative rant like this, you'll be informed with an email. Um, and also when I write something, which I'm doing more and more often. And when I post photographs, which I'm doing more and more often because I'm trying to wean myself from Instagram and Twitter, those time-wasting, seductive social media platforms, and bring everything to Substack, one place that is designed in a way uh, that is not designed to waste your time. It's designed to maximize your time and give you things to read and think about. Um, there's a lot of good stuff happening on Substack. So I do things like uh, I write articles uh, on contemporary things or, you know, from a civilized to death or sex at dawn perspective. Um, I also once a month or so do a thing called what's on my mind now. So it's a list of links to uh, films that I've seen or books I've read or articles that have been particularly interesting. Um, 
and uh, it's just sort of spreading the wealth that way uh, for those of you who have lives that don't afford you endless hours sitting around following this link to that or checking into this or reading that article. Um, I try to do it for you and, and send you the best of what I found. So that's what's happening over there on Substack. As I said, you can subscribe for nothing or you can subscribe for five bucks uh, a month. That's it. There are no tiers. There are no uh, complicated pricing structures. It's just uh, throw in five bucks or not. Either way, you get informed when stuff goes up there. All right. I've been talking for a while. I think I'm going to let this uh, let this one go here. Um, by the way, those of you who are thinking about starting a podcast, I recommended the uh, Tula microphones a while ago. I'm speaking into one right now. And they definitely have their place. They're they're very small and solid and they've got onboard memory and and they're quite good. But I have found that they have a downside, which is that you can't monitor more than one mic at a time. So right now I've got headphones plugged into this mic. I can hear myself. I know if, you know, my voice goes away from the microphone like that I can hear it so I bring the microphone back Um, the problem is you can't do that for you and your guest Um, and I had a disaster happen in Athens a guy named Ashken a really nice guy uh, from Turkey whom I had met in Turkey and um, who listens to the podcast we hung out a little bit uh, in Istanbul one night and he told me some stories about his life and I was like god dude you're really interesting it would be great to have you on the podcast and but I was leaving town shortly after um anyway so I was in Athens and Ashkin flew into Athens and we recorded a podcast together it was really good and then when I listened to it I found out that his mic hadn't been working so the whole time, only my mic was working. You could hear him like in the background, but the sound quality is horrible. Uh, and I tried to fix it. I tried doing all this stuff. But as those of you who work with audio know, if if your audio recording sucks, there's nothing you can do to make it better. Um, and so it's the worst possible situation. It's something that's happened to me probably three, four or five times uh, in the decade that I've been doing the podcast where for some reason some technical reason um it's just not usable and i feel terrible about that especially given the fact that he he flew into athens uh to do this and rented a room and you know the whole thing so anyway that is a big problem with the tulas they're great for travel they're great for backup whatever um, but I'm going back to the Zoom now that I'm, you know, no longer flying everywhere. Uh, I've got the the Zoom recorder with the handheld mics and the whole the whole deal, because you can just plug into the Zoom and you can monitor everybody that you're recording at once, which is much better. So uh, I just wanted to throw that in before I forgot about it. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, I promise my my brain fog is lifting, and. Uh, I will be with you soon. The next episode that I'm going to post is with Rick Beato, which I recorded like 24 hours before the shit hit the fan in L.A. Uh, We actually met for the first time as the guy 
it, it's amazing. Like all the people I don't, I've never met in person. He's the guy I probably felt most like I had. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, think about people in your life that you've never actually sat in a room with, but you feel like you know them. I mean, maybe I fulfill that role for some of you. Um, Rick Beata is that way for me. It's like, we, you know, we've chatted, we've, we've talked online. I've had him on the podcast a couple of times and I've watched, you know, God knows how many hours of what makes this song great on YouTube. Um, but yeah, there's just something so familiar about that guy. Uh, and so it was really nice to be able to sit in a room with him and, and talk. So anyway, that's coming soon. I'll record the intro to that. Uh, within the next day or two and that'll be coming up soon and then uh, there's an episode with a guy named Eric who also flew into Athens um, to record his luckily the mic worked fine when we did his uh, he's a really interesting guy who has spent a lot of time investigating countries that don't exist so you hear about you know so-and-so you know, bought an island and declared it a nation and, you know, that kind of thing. Or, or, you know, the Kurds, Kurdistan, which is a, a nation for the millions of Kurds, but Syria, Iran, Iraq, Turkey, they all say, no, doesn't exist. It's not on our land. So it's like this sort of like, he specializes in looking into these places that sort of exist and don't at the same time. Uh, liminal nations, maybe we could call them. Anyway, that's a really interesting conversation. So that's coming up soon as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sticking with me uh, through this bizarre illness. And uh, hopefully that's all in the rearview mirror and... We will continue cruising down the highway. I'm going to play you out with a tune that uh, a guy named Francisco recommended uh, in the comments section on Substack. The song is called Nothing, and I don't know if it's a singer or a band, Kip Winger, W-I-N-G-E-R. It's, uh, it's the kind of music I don't think I've ever played on the podcast before. It might be considered metal. Uh, which is not a genre I know much about or listen to with any regularity. Um, but it's metal with heart and soul. It's It's got a lot of interesting contrasts, as you'll hear. Listen to the lyrics. It's uh, It's about the conundrum we're all facing, trying to find beauty and hope and reason to live in a world that appears to be dying all around us. Um, maybe it's a conundrum everyone's faced. Everyone who's aware of their own mortality has felt that conflict, but it feels like it's happening both internally and externally in our case. And I think it's taking a great toll on a lot of people. Um, so anyway, here's a song that, that gets at that conundrum. Nothing by Kip Winger. And thank you, Francisco, for the recommendation. Love you all. Hope you're doing okay. And uh, sending out some good vibes from this hotel room in Reno, Nevada. Headed back out into the mountains in a couple of hours. Talk to you again soon.
So 